0: what's going on everybody welcome to another edition of philly four Court press i'm your host big t will <sighs> <laughs> they're trying to rope us in ladies and gentlemen they are roping us in and when i talk about they of course i'm talking about our philadelphia 76ers who if you're not paying attention to them they are playing extremely well great basketball and it's just like Last week, we had a, I don't know, an epiphany, we could say, and now this week, we're all on board. We're all back in the boat, and leading the leading the charge in the boat, he's got the panel, the producer extraordinaire, Mr. Nat Marlowe. What's going on, Nat Marlowe?
1: T-Will, what is going on? Um... I am not officially roped back in, but they have definitely made things way more interesting and way more entertaining to watch. But I am definitely taking a more measured approach to this than I think your average Philadelphia 76 Sixer fan is right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, another solid, solid win and another comeback win, Nat. I mean they were down at one point eighteen to the Portland Trail Blazers last night.
1: And that's huge. And let's not forget about the Bucks comeback last week.
0: And the Miami Heat come back. And, you know, it all if you go back further, they came back in Dallas as well. They just didn't finish the job. They got they were down they got they got it down within four before Dallas stretched it back up to ten. But they went on a 17-0 run in that game to make that game interesting.
1: This is it's almost like my wishes as a Philadelphia 76ers fan is coming true in a way because I always said I'm tired of rooting for the basketball team or I'm tired of rooting for the Sixers team that always blows leads. I'm tired of rooting for the team that's always going to blow a 28-point lead or, God forbid, an eight consecutive 18-point leads and then a 26-point lead in the postseason. I want to root for the team that's going to make the comeback win. I want to root for the team that's going to make the fight in the third and the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, because it's that thrill. It's that excitement of they're coming back, they're going to do it, they're going to do it, and then they take the lead. Right. And, and you get that that uh, emotion and adrenaline rush, and that's what sets it aside from being up 20, and then you start seeing the lead dwindle because then you get sour, you get that bad taste in your mouth you start you know screaming and cussing and and acting foolish and then they lose the game and it just takes everything you know above and beyond you know you go overboard with your emotions this type of emotion it it seems like it's a easier easier pill to swallow than the other emotion
1: absolutely and this is it, it is a very very weird Sixers team and we have been struggling with finding the identity of the Sixers all season and I don't think that this is the identity that the Sixers are in the grand scheme of things. But this is the type of Sixers team that I've wanted for for 20 years now. The type that's going to make that fight in the third and fourth quarter. I've always been this way as a Sixers fan. So it's it's almost like my wish is coming true in a way. I don't think this is going to be the Sixers team that you're going to see Moving forward, I don't think they're going to do this on a regular basis. Certainly not in the playoffs, they're going to do this. But this has been an entertaining week of basketball.
0: Well, it's funny you said that. Did you watch post game? Did you see Doc Rivers uh, uh, post game? Mm -mm. So, you know, a friend of our show, uh, Austin Crow, you know, uh, he asked a a, a couple questions. Nat, you know, it's funny. Doc said going forward, you know, we might see some unconventional lineups. And last night we saw a lineup that it was the first time he had it, but it worked. Tobias Harris did not play in the fourth quarter. Tobias Harris didn't play the second half.
1: Did you notice that? With his first half, I am totally on board with because he was 0 for 6 in that first half.
0: He scored 8 points, 25 minutes, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. He did not play the whole fourth quarter. And the lineup that Doc had out there, it's the exact line that we we're talking about with using the athletic, the athleticism you have on your team, and getting out on the floor and, and open space. You had space on the floor. You know, Daniel House with that follow back dunk, crashing the boards. Uh, McDaniel crashing the boards. Joel Embiid had space to work with. The lane wasn't so clogged, and when the lane got clogged, it was easier for him to see the double kick it out, swing the pass. Now, the passing wasn't crisp down the stretch by no means, but you get what I'm saying. It was easier for the offense to get set up, and it didn't seem so clunky. I'm all for bringing uh, Harris or Tucker off the bench. Me too. Or put Tucker at the five to give Embiid that break. Closing the game, I want the best athletes out there. Did you see how he switched up and put length on Dame Lillard at the end of the game, instead of just doing the same old same old, so has Doc found something that he can use going forward to keb- to uh, to go against what you just said?
1: I think you have to try it again, and I think this is at least now. I'm not a Glenn Rivers guy, I'm not a Doc Rivers guy, but this is it, it's better than being in a Brett Brown type situation because I at least feel that Doc Rivers is willing to adjust and. I'm at least willing to believe that Doc Rivers is trying to find the identity of this team. And if you want to find or establish your identity before the playoffs, you need to make you need to try experiments like this. You got to find moves that are going to work. This is the only way you're going to make a decent playoff run is if you find what works. Now let's keep ourselves measured here. This was against the Portland Trail Blazers. This wasn't against the Celtics and this wasn't another big comeback win like let's say against the Bucks. It was against the Blazers. They were the Sixers were supposed to win that game, so let's let's dial it back in a little bit and keep within the the realm of reality. Yeah, but, but it, was a good, it was a it good it was game. no, it was a great game. I don't want to take that away from the Sixers at all. But this is these this stretch of games coming up. It is crucial for them to find their identity because the two worst things you want to be in the playoffs is a team that doesn't have identity. Number one, and number two, a team where you have to try to convince yourselves how to make. A deep playoff run. I don't want to have to keep pulling myself back in. I just want to be in. Like the season we had two years ago. at The Benz last year. We didn't have to rope ourselves in. We knew the Sixers were good. Uh, We knew they were going to be the number one seed. We didn't understand how far that they could go. And unfortunately because of the combination of Ben Simmons and Doc Rivers. There was no way they were going to make it out of the second round. Even against the measly Hawks and Milwaukee had a better route to the championship because of it. They still had to earn their way to get there, and they had a tougher road to get there, but they still won it all. With this Sixers team, you have to keep convincing yourself, and you have to keep talking yourself back into the season <laughs> that they're going to make a play. You have to do these mental gymnastics that they're going to make a run. So but that's... I still want them to establish an identity because if you establish the identity now, maybe you can double down on that going forward.
0: Well, here's Here's the identity. And the, the identity is Joel Embiid, okay? That's your identity. The game runs through Joel Embiid. Now, after that, the game should run through James Harden because these are your one-two, okay? So your identity that Doc wants on the floor is Joel Embiid and James Harden. And right now, this these stretch of games, these two have been lights out, okay? Harden had 19, eight, and nine in B 39 7 and 4 in 38 minutes. I mean, he he's probably the most proficient uh scorer I've seen ever. Ever. I can't I can't think of anyone who scores at a rapid pace in the short amount of time they're on the court than Joel and B. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't have to give Joel and B his flowers and praise cuz everyone else knows it. Everyone who watches the game, we know it. So we're not going to sit here and and, and have an Embiid show, you know. We we did that.
1: Well, maybe you have to explain it for the stat nerds out there. But yeah, uh, everyone else on the planet knows. Yeah, like Joel well, Embiid is the king.
0: He, yeah, he the dude's ridiculous. Um, what he did last night was something that showed you that he continues to elevate his game. Joel Embiid down the stretch closed his game out. You know, he didn't. He missed. He had his career most miss. At the foul line. He had five misses. He hasn't missed five foul shots all season. So I said career moves, but I meant season. But he locked it down. He hit his last eight going down the stretch. Okay? He had he fumbled. Doc had a perfect timeout because he drew up a play, and it was supposed to be a handoff to, to Tyrese. Tyrese was supposed to come on off the uh, pick, and he would have to be on the roll to drive or to kick to James Harden, and Embiid fumbled the pass. Doc called timeout and rewrote the play, so that was perfect by Doc. Just watching the basketball IQ grow with Joel Embiid has just been amazing. So you you gotta enjoy what you are seeing. Um, once again, the Sixers beat the Blazers last night, one twenty to one nineteen. Embiid hit the game winning shot with one point one seconds left. The crowd was into it. Kate and I were into it. I was into it, and um, you know Sixers Nation should be into it because, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, if you're not paying attention, and I think most of us are paying attention, but if you're not, the Sixers are 7-3 and three their last 10 games. They're four games out of first, and they're only a game and a half behind the Celtics for the two-seed, and the Celtics aren't playing that, right, that good right now. They have one game. Celtics have one game up on the Sixers in the loss column, okay? Now, nah, you brought up something that I want to address on the other side, okay? So, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to the rest of the schedule. And we're going to have some fun today here on Philly Four Court Press. I'm your host, Big T. Will. That's my man, Nat Marlowe. We'll be back after these quick commercial breaks.
2: Yo, what's up, fellas? This is Anthony Gargano. Now, listen, why wait for a vacation when you can have a vacation anytime in your own backyard? I got to tell you about my guy, Stephen, from Lisk Landscaping Innovations. Stephen Lisk and his team specialize in stormwater management to help you achieve a dry outdoor living space. Now, Steve offers exquisite outdoor living from pavilions and kitchens and fireplaces and so much more. To Steve, your backyard is more than a space. It's a living, baby. You want to be living large and you can be. So if you want that dream backyard, you've always envisioned, call Stephen Lisk, 856-931-5475. That's 856-931-5475. You can reach out on Instagram, at Stephen Lisk, or LiskLandscape.com and set up your consultation. Sign up now for Sixers Camps, presented by Roth. Are you ready?
1: learn the fundamentals of basketball from Philadelphia 76ers players staff and coaches Good shot! There you go. Five. from the ages of 5 to 17 Sixers camp programs meet the needs of all skill levels ah! sign up now at sixerscamps.com or call 610-668-7676 One, two, three, seven.
2: it starts with our oldest family tradition artisan bread topped with the finest hand-sliced meats and cheeses adding the freshest locally grown produce. But don't forget the mmm, mmm, mmm. In our house, it's not just a hoagie, it's a primo.
1: Hey, Vito's, hey, yo, you want cheese steak? Hold
2: hey, on. Cheese steak, cheese come steak, cheese steak. coming on. on, come what? on what yeah,
1: yeah, 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 we got burgers. You want some burgers? What does he want, a burger? You get the cheese steak. the cheese steak. Yeah, 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 awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, the forget phone. about it. Drop the phone, what do, what? What? what do you
2: want, cheese steak or you want a burger? Hey, what's he want? Burger!
1: Hey, Pop, he wants a cheesesteak and a
2: boy got one buck. What does he want? We do that? We, don't do that. Well, we, don't, we, we do don't do that. We
1: don't do that. Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic, and you're listening to my man T. Will on the Four Court Press. Make sure you stay locked in. Great information.
0: What's going on, everybody? Big T. Will. I gotta tell you about South Jersey's number one choice, Lisk Landscaping Innovations. The first step towards a beautiful outdoor space. Man, listen, Steven Lisk and his team, I use them. I I put friends onto them. The work he does is absolutely amazing. You might have that grass spot that you can't get right. Got sod installation, you got your landscape installation, outdoor lighting, hardscaping, landscape designs, pavers, concrete, retaining walls, grills, patios, you name it, he can cover it. He's licensed in PA as well. You got to hit up Steve for a free consultation, 856-931-5475, or hit him up on Instagram at Stephen Lisk. That's L-I-S-K for your free consultation, and he will get you all your backyard needs. And, uh, Nat, you know, before we went to break, you, you mentioned about Doc Rivers and being all in and, and, and the, the roller coaster effect you're having. I, I touched on this last week, and you know someone tagged me on Twitter and, and sent me uh, a message, and I brought this up throughout the week talking to a friend of the show, uh, the Cuz, and and I'm gonna throw this back at you. We're on this roller coaster event with the Sixers the last I don't know three four seasons now. The last three four seasons, they've consistently won. 50 games or more. They've been the top three seeds in the NBA. They've had the fourth overall best record in the NBA. They've had predominantly the best player in the league those last three, four years. And they've given us a lot to cheer about going into the playoffs. Now, we know about the playoff woes not getting out of the second round the last couple years. But how come we can't enjoy the fruits and labor that they're giving us now with Doc Rivers about to win over 50 games, his second season here, second full season, right? Going back to Brett Brown, his last three seasons, 50 wins. 50 wins is a, is a big deal. And the Sixers have done that consistently. Where's the bitterness coming in at throughout the season when we step back and say, wait a minute, Doc has actually coached the team well. Because if, as much as we say, fire Doc, we hate Doc, Doc this, Doc that, that's the emotional part of us. So how do you separate that and look at the reality say, man, you know, is it more Doc? Or is it just more having a great player like Embiid that you can pretty much know he's going to carry you to 50 wins each year? Because you got to have a team around Embiid to get to those 50 wins.
1: Correct. And this is a—you bring up all, like, some of the points right there. And they're all very interesting things to chew on. And the Sixers have been in a very unique situation for the past 10 years now. So they go through the process because— the organization is tired of not being able to compete in the second round over and over Red Rover again. So they go through the process and go through the building blocks of trying to become a championship contender. And they do that in a relatively fast manner. Uh, You could argue whether or not they did it in an ethically sound way. We won't touch on that for, for the most part, but... They, quote, complete the process and they're still in the same predicament where they can't get over the hump of the second round for whatever reason. But they're more dominant in the regular season. They're more relevant in the regular season. You get back-to-back nights and back-to-back weeks where they're on national television. They're a relevant franchise again in the regular season. And so if you look at the process in that regard – the process was, was a success in making the Sixers relevant again from a national perspective. The process was a success in bringing the fan base or increasing the fan base as well, making a more important franchise in Philadelphia. In that regard, from a business perspective and from a marketing perspective, the process was a huge success. In the basketball world, I think you can consider the process a huge failure. And this is where Sixer fans are frustrated. So they go through the rebuild in order to become a contender, but they're going through the same things that they've been trying to avoid. They're going through the same things that the process was supposed to help prevent. They're continually losing the second round to mediocre teams. Oh, they didn't hit on most of their draft picks from the process. Oh, they going through X, Y, Z thing that's preventing from... even That one year, the Al Horford year, that prevented from getting out of the first round. They got swept by the Celtics in the first round. Bubble year, they didn't have home court because they were in the bubble. Again, semantics won't go too much into that. But I think Sixer fans are just exhausted. Yeah, they have a great team that they can root for in the regular season. And you know one way or the other, you're getting your money's worth. Even... Even if you you go to a game where they lose, they're going to get fifty wins a year in their regular season. That's just the nature of this team, the way it's built, and what we we went through as Sixer fans during the process. But Sixer fans and basketball fans in general, we don't care about the regular season. To quote the Cuz, you bring you brought up the Cuz earlier. To quote the Cuz, there is nothing more deceiving than a regular season game
0: well all all good points but uh i simply asked how come we can't enjoy the the fruits and labor given us with these 50 game win seasons
1: sixer fans can't enjoy the fruit and labor of the regular season wins because the whole point of the process and everything that they went through for years with the tanking and the losing was to be competitors and contenders in the playoffs. But aren't you a competitor? And they're not that.
0: Aren't you a competitor? Once again, top three in the East. Yeah. Fourth overall best record in the NBA the last couple years. That's competing.
1: But what has it, what has it cultivated? What have been the fruits of the labor? The fruits of the labor of all of that have been multiple second-round exits again.
0: Yeah, but you you touched on it. Ticket sales, more fans, revenue for the team, more exposure, more national televised games.
1: Yeah. And it, those are all great things, but it's it's harder to appreciate those things when you, you still haven't gotten out of the second round of the playoffs.
0: And I think that's where the, the bitterness comes in, so... You know, looking at this team, I said three weeks ago, I will not let the Sixers ruin my summer. And you said two weeks ago, I'm going to take it game by game. And then we said last week, we don't think they're going to get out of the second round. You know, we also said that they got a tough march. Right now, they're showing that they could be battle-tested. And I kind of like them having this tough march. I'd rather you be playing these tough teams going down the stretch, going into the playoffs, than playing the cupcake teams and then playing a cupcake team in the first round, and then we get waxed in the second round by a tougher team. So now it seems like this year everything's been flipped. Can you flip your switch and, and get on board with them if they continue to play good basketball against these good teams in March?
1: From a Philly sports, pa- excuse me, from a Philly sports fan perspective. Yes, especially because we know the Flyers ain't going anywhere. So
0: hey, well, Chuck Fletcher's much, out of there, though. He's out of there. So yeah, well, they, give me
1: something to watch this season. So it, between between the two, who am I watching? The Sixers or the Flyers? Well, I'm going to watch the
0: Sixers. And well, can I? Yeah, can I put my Flyers hat back on? Yeah, I can start abs- wearing it. Absolutely, because because Fletcher's out there, so now I can yeah, feel proud that's, again. That's right?
1: A, that's a huge step. I maybe not feel proud, but I mean. That's a that's the first step in the right direction that they've had in years getting rid of Chuck Fletcher. So, if you want to wear your Flyers hat because of that go go right ahead. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but um that I shouldn't I shouldn't police you how to fan to begin with. So, if you want to be Flyers up 24/7 or Sixered up or what whatever, 24/7, go go right ahead.
0: Philly fan, whatever whatever's rolling right now, Sixers and just coming off the Eagles and we're in Sixers and the Phillies are about to start. You know, so once the Phillies get into their season, you know, yeah, you be
1: involved. But you, you know, I almost, I was almost four for four today in what I wore because I had the Eagles socks ready. I have a, a flyer shirt underneath the Sixers hoodie, and I almost wore my Phillies hat. So I almost had all four teams covered right there.
0: And, and now we got to get you a Union hat or yeah. something. There you go. But um, yeah. So I mean, I, I I get it. I understand it. I'm part of it. You know, I I talk it. So it, it's just one of those things. I, I have to step back and say, man, is, yes, Doc Doc Rivers drives me up the wall. This season, he's driven me up the wall. The first season with Ben, I couldn't really judge him. I didn't think he really had a good team. They got beaten in the second round. Second year, Ben wasn't there, and B drug us to the third seed, almost had the first seed, one seed. Now, this year, last year with Harden, you only had Harden half the season. He was half hurt. This year, you got Harden full season. Harden's been, you know, he's been the man. Harden doesn't owe me anything. Just play well in the playoffs. Sixers, I said, for me to really jump on board and be, like, all in, geeked out, you said it. Get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't care who you play. Play Boston, play Milwaukee. It's the Eastern Conference Finals. And you're going to see a difference in this fan base. They're going to turn out. They're turning out now at the Wells Fargo Center. But they're really going to turn out if you get out of that second round, Matt. Exactly.
1: And I'm not going to talk myself into it that they are going to get out of the second round. But what I am going to talk myself into is I am not going to let one game sway me one way or the other. Because I want to see the matchup at the playoffs first. Because come playoff time, that's when I'm going to be zoned into this team, no matter no matter who they face. Because I want to be along for the ride. I mean, that's the point of the NBA playoffs, and you get to watch some real good basketball there. You don't you don't really watch real good basketball in the regular season. I love playoff basketball, so that's what I'm really going to be tuned into this team, and let's see who they match up against. Because if they get a really good matchup, then maybe they can make their way to the finals. But I don't want to. Right history before I, I see the foundation of it first, because we've seen foundations before where they've had the easiest path to the finals and it just all falls apart and they don't even get out of the second round of the playoffs. So let's see the matchups. That's going to have me more curious than anything else. And no matter who they face, I'm probably going to talk myself into saying, if they make it out of the first round, <laughs> I'm going to talk myself into saying, well, they're not going to make it out of the second round facing them. I would say that no matter who the opponent was because of the, the PTSD that I'm suffering now from the Atlanta Hawks series.
0: Well, listen, coming up, you know, uh, after taking care of business, they have uh, the Wizards, the Cavs, the Hornets, and the Pacers. Okay. That's going to end out next week, starting the Wizards uh, tomorrow and then going through uh, at the end of the week. All winnable games. Winnable games. Cleveland's playing good. You know, that, that was my dark horse in the, in, in the East to watch out. that They may make some noise in the playoffs. But, you know, let's be honest, Sixers are a better team, so they should win in a seven-game series. But you asked me that a month ago. I balked and said the Cavs are going to win. Keith Pompey was on, on air, uh, Sixers' uh, lead beat writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, said the Cavs would win. Things change now all of a sudden. It's like, you know, we're going to see if the Sixers have changed because they're going to be playing in Cleveland, and it's a meaningful game. As much as you say the regular season doesn't mean anything or doesn't have meaningful games, there's a lot of individual meaningful games throughout the season. There,
1: there, there are. And that was, again, I, I generalized the whole thing. Right. So there are some individual games that are meaningful, and then there are some individual games that are really good. Uh, but come playoff time, every game is going to be good. Every game is going to be yeah, plus and watch I, TV. Yeah, I
0: got what you were saying. So, I mean, listen, next week is going to be a, a sweep week. They got to sweep next week. You sweep next week, and you have the Celtics uh, on the horizon – you know, coming in April, you got Boston and Milwaukee one more time in Miami before you end the year out.
1: Both of those are going to be meaningful.
0: Those 3 games, you know, April 2nd, April 4th, April 6th, in Milwaukee, home against Boston, home against the Heat. And then you end out away, you uh away to Atlanta and up in Brooklyn. Then the playoffs are here. The playoffs are here. And look how you're ending your season. There's no cupcake game. Milwaukee, former champs. Celtics represented last season. Heat, former champs, represented in the bubble. The Hawks kicked your ass two years ago. The Brooklyn Nets, they got a solid team now. It's more of a team than individual. So that that's not really a cupcake game. I, I like how they end in the season with this tough schedule. They're going to be battle-tested. If In order for you to walk through the fire, you got to be battle-tested and ready. And these guys got to get ready. They got to get ready to go through a fight that they never had before the previous years because they finally have a team that can... That, can go up against the other uh, teams in
1: the East. And you all bring up interesting points right there. All, all of those are interesting points. So let me ask you this question. Would you rather have a more difficult path in the playoffs than the easier path?
0: I'm on a difficult path now because I I chose the easy path the last two seasons and it got me nowhere. I had an easy pass against the Hawks. Didn't happen. I had an easy pass against the uh, Heat. Didn't happen. You know, it didn't happen. So at this point, I don't care what path it is. As long as they're ready, like the fan base will be ready, that's all that matters.
1: See, and I think that's how I felt two weeks ago when I said I was going to take it on a game-by-game basis. I think that's how I really feel deep down. And it's not so much that I want the easier path or I want the more difficult path. I think I'm just going to accept the path, whatever path they have to take. I'm just going to accept it. As a fan, because it's going to be difficult no matter what, whether they face
0: really good teams or really bad teams. Look, Nat, if you stay in the third seed, you're going to have to face Boston and Milwaukee. Yeah. If you could get into the, the, the second seed, you only have to, or or at least you get home court against one of them. If you potentially can, can get the, the one seed, you can avoid one of the two until the Eastern Conference Finals.
1: And I think that's a measured approach right there, like avoiding one of the two. It's very unlikely you're going to avoid the, the hardest path in totality. But I think if you face some adversity, I think we're going to find that middle ground right there. Or at least they should find that middle ground right there. You make it too easy, you lose against the the Heat, and you lose against the Hawks in the second round from history. Not necessarily this playoff round, but like from years past. But then you take the hardest path possible. Oh, look at that. You get swept by Boston again. So I think if they do have that uh, that middle road to the playoffs where it's not the easiest path, but it's not the most difficult one, I think they're going to understand how to take care of business then. Doesn't mean they're going to win, and I still don't think they get out of the second round, but I think that's the only path they haven't had yet.
0: Is this- what else haven't they tried? What else <laughs> haven't they gone through <laughs> at this point? I, seriously. Uh, listen, Nat, it's starting to get into crunch time, man. It's starting to get a crunch time, and, and these games coming down the stretch are are going to be interesting. They're going to be uh, jocking for seeding. They're only one loss in the loss column behind Boston, two games behind Boston in the win column. They're four games behind Milwaukee, and both Milwaukee and Boston have been up and down, and the Sixers have been surging. So, you know, let's see what's going on. Nat, what's your final thoughts before we wrap things up?
1: I think my final thoughts is I can't wait for playoff time. It's going to be excruciating for me this next month or so. Just waiting for that playoff tree. Just waiting for that bracket. Now we have the March Madness tournament coming up. So that's going to that's going to satisfy my playoff itch. But I mean, I'm not as invested in March Madness as I am the NBA playoffs. And I just I don't think this is going to be the year, but I want to speak for the fan base and like I want more than anything. Outside of an NBA championship, because naturally we all want that. But more than anything, make it to the conference finals. Jeff Bezos has spent more time in outer space the past 20 years than the Sixers have spent in the Eastern Conference Finals. So please make it there. I don't care how you do it. I don't care what path you have to take. Get there.
0: Uh, A historic franchise, uh, historic city, um, historic fan base. it's, It's about that time about that time we, we we get to where they need to be you know so listen you're sitting in the third seed you're seven and three the last ten hey, it's coming down to, to crunch time so let's, let's start wrapping this stuff up philly doc rivers you know we kill him when we kill him but right now he he's coaching pretty good it was a homecoming for Matisse Stiebel, all the Matisse Stiebel fans last night. You got to see Matisse score his five points. And and it's funny because you haven't heard any Matisse Stiebel fans chirping lately because the Sixers are winning. Winning cures all. So continue to win, continue to bring the fan base in, and continue to build until we get to the playoffs. Y'all, Yo, I'm your host, Big T Will. That's my man, Nat Marlow. This is Philly Four Court Press. We'll be back with another episode. Peace.